0: The most connected man in Washington, D.C., 25 now until the top of the hour. We, uh, Because of our interview with Dr. Carson, we pushed you back a little bit today. We apologize for that. How are it's okay.
1: you? okay. Give me more time to uh, find some stuff. Uh, Donald Trump today acting... More like a businessman, Sean, than a politician. I find this response very interesting. We talked about last week the Club for Growth rolling out this $1 million attack ad campaign against him in Iowa uh, that basically alleges he's not a real Republican. And I told you, you can't let ads sit out there unanswered because that can be destructive to you as a candidate. Very much so. Trump, though, not running his own ads in response, he has now sent a cease and desist letter to the club for growth, saying that their ads are false, defamatory, you know, you know not true, etc. Now, I find that really interesting. That's a businessman kind of response. You know what I mean? That's that's not it's a kind political of thinking response. out of the
0: box. I I kind of like the approach a little bit if he's saying that. They're demonstrably false And he wants to make that case I mean, that's one way to go about it I assume the Club for Growth will probably keep saying it
1: I would assume they're not going to pull their ads And, you know, look, Trump, maybe maybe the rules are all different this year A normal candidate would be unable to survive Not answering $1 million of ads against him But we've seen Trump do everything sort of a different way And maybe this is his way
0: that he's going to be fine But an interesting response to what the Club for Growth has done from Trump uh, I think it's a very interesting response And uh, I think the fact that he got out there that the club for growth asked him for a million bucks and that he didn't give it they say that they say he didn't so it's it's sort of a he well, said he, she said yeah but he released the letter
1: all I can are they say denying is they, the accuracy of that letter? They keep saying that uh, he was the one who came to them; that they didn't go to him. So, uh, you know, a classic kind of thing in politics here. I, I think that the Club for Growth and others—I don't sense them backing off on Trump at all because I do think they are worried that uh, while Trump has a lot of support, that they are worried that in the end he does not follow a lot of the things that they want in terms of conservative Republican policies, and they're well, worried I think about that. The exactly establishment what they might is scared get. to death of Donald Trump. Well, but... I certainly would not call the Club for Growth the establishment.
0: <laughs> well, I think the establishment. Wants a traditional candidate, somebody. Yeah, but the Club for Growth is not the establishment. Well, in many ways, I think they're viewed. They're certainly, are they supporting Ted Cruz? Are they supporting uh, Carly Fiorina? Are they supporting Ben Carson? No, they're going to support a more traditional candidate. Oh, I would. Uh, I, don't, would they I wouldn't support? see them doing that. No. All right. L- listen, I, I like the Club for Growth. I think they do some good work. And I, uh, they have every right to do what they're doing. I don't have any issues with them at all, so I want to be clear. By the way, you see the vultures out now that Scott Walker jumped out of the race, and the vultures are out there trying to grab the bundlers and grab the advisors. Well, why not?
1: I mean, you may only have a few minutes. I mean, it only took, it took about an hour for Ted Cruz to say last night that he'd already picked up several of the county co-chairs of Walker in Iowa. He grabbed somebody from Georgia right away. I know Rubio, let's see, Jeb Bush got somebody I saw in Virginia, and Rubio's also picked up some. So you can't sit back and wait. This is not like uh, the niceties of a PTA meeting. If you're not willing to get out there and get in the trenches right away and fight, you're not going to win. And so I would assume that as soon as we were talking about it yesterday, when that news release came out, that he was going to hold that news conference, that there were all already people on the phone and even before trying to peel some people away, and you'll see that continuing. You know, the impact, the, the Walker impact of him leaving, it certainly gives Cruz an opening to pick up some more support and some more organization in Iowa. I can definitely see that, and in some other states. Sure. You know, I can I also p- think it, it gives Rubio especially, I think, a little more opening to, some for Jeb Bush. And then the Midwestern thing. You know, a lot of people looked at the Midwestern states and looked at Scott Walker and said, well, he's from Wisconsin, he'll have an easier time in places like Illinois and Michigan. But, you know, John Kasich is, is now sort of the only one left in that area.
0: I don't know that he can capitalize on this in that kind of way, but it does give him a bit of an opening, too. If this were a conventional year and it's not, I don't think, and if Donald Trump were not in this race, I would argue to you that neither Rick Perry nor Scott Walker would be out at this time.
1: No, I think Rick Perry uh, was just, I think Rick Perry had his chance four years ago. And I don't think he ever overcame that. You know, I, I just think it's it's a different election. But, but, look,
0: but for example, all of Scott Walker's strategy, and just to use him as an example, was based around winning Iowa. And Trump comes in out of nowhere, and his poll numbers go through the roof. And that impacts in a huge way the strategy, the path to the presidency that Scott Walker had laid out. And then with low poll numbers and maybe somewhat anemic debate performances, because everyone's focused on Trump, then the fundraising becomes that much more difficult. And really, I, I think you can make the argument argument that Trump is responsible for Walker getting out.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I I don't think Walker responded very well to Trump, but I also think Walker lost his way in that he paid too much uh, attention to the daily ups and downs of the news cycle and didn't stay focused on his message. You don't see Trump weighing in on everything that's happening all the time. He's relentless with his message, and I didn't hear that from Scott Walker. You heard it on the stump, but once he got in the race, then he was all over the place on the issue of the day.
0: You know, with that said, I think Scott Walker is somebody that could have made a great president. President. The same with Rick Perry. I think he could have been a great president, but you don't get to be a great president unless you run a great campaign and win the nomination and win the presidency.
1: Coulda, shoulda, would I mean, I Rick know. Perry had it laid out on a platter
0: for him four years ago. And uh, he I He was agree. unable to take advantage. Well, there were circumstances, I think, that you can argue beyond his control. His back is, you know, being on medication didn't help all of those things. I think those are all legitimate excuses, and I think they were both great governors for their states. Uh, it was interesting when Walker got out, um, which happened right after we got off the air yesterday... Uh, He's basically asking other Republicans to drop out of the race so that it becomes basically a, a means to get rid of Trump. That's what it sounded oh, well, like
1: to me. It was pretty straightforward to me as I was watching him that he wants to get rid of Donald Trump and find somebody else for uh, uh, for the Republicans. And I don't know that anybody sort of in that bottom five is going to get out anytime soon. But look, things are not looking that good for Lindsey Graham or for Rick Santorum or for Bobby Jindal right now, or even uh, Chris Christie and to an extent Rand Paul. But I don't see any of them dropping out anytime soon. Well, then again, the winnowing of the field goes on. There's only. So so long you can continue if you're not bringing in money and i guess if we got rid of somebody this fast after the second debate we could always have somebody not
0: around for the third one either i think that's true but i uh, you know most of the time the winnowing really begins after a caucus or a primary and, and once it literally goes so fast one week you're in iowa the next week you're in new hampshire the week or after you're, you're in south carolina yes. or you're not and if you have two poor showings usually you, you drop out yeah you know, even one poor showing, if you show that you have no chance in, in New Hampshire, you don't want to embarrass yourself at that point. Uh, you are um, correct, yes. So the Pope is arriving from Cuba. Now, from everything I read, he didn't lecture the Castro brothers on their murderous regime, nor did he talk about political prisoners. But I fully expect that this Pope is, is probably going to lecture Congress and America on capitalism, immigration, nuclear weapons, and other issues. Uh, certainly, and refugees.
1: It, it could shake up uh, shape up that way. Uh, then again, there are some hot buttons he could push on the Democrats as well. But a lot of the focus like is what? on issues. Well, he could certainly talk about abortion. Uh, he could, you know, so, I mean, uh, he could put Nancy Pelosi and others under a spotlight on that issue. But, yeah, it does seem like there maybe are more issues that this pope has out there that are pushing against the Republicans than against uh, the Democrats at this point in time. Did you read the uh,
0: Congress is being sequestered? They literally have appointed specific congressmen and women to prevent other congressmen from reaching out when he addresses a a joint session of of Congress? Joint meeting. Joint meeting of Congress. Yeah, imagine the
1: president comes down that center aisle. You're coming in from Statuary Hall, the old chamber of the House, and right down the middle of the chamber. Usually when a world leader or the president goes down there, everybody shakes hands, you know, pats on the back, even hugs, stuff like that. Obviously, you're not supposed to touch the Pope unless he reaches out to touch you. And supposedly, from one report, they're going to have members who understand the rules sort of line the sides there and make sure that uh, people don't
0: rush the Pope and try to grab onto him as he goes. Look, I've been a Catholic, raised Catholic my whole life, and I'm frustrated because I don't think this Pope, and I think it basically has to do with his background, I'm not being critical, but he seems to have this hostility towards capitalism, which I would argue has done more to help the poor, the disenfranchised, than any other system of government out there. And I will be the first to acknowledge it's not perfect. And similarly, for him to come to America and say that we ought to be taking in refugees from syria and iraq when we have an intelligence community telling us that isis and al-qaeda will infiltrate that population you know, it may be a nice sounding thing on paper, but I, I would argue very gently that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, at the briefing today,
1: reporters kept asking spokesman Josh Earnest, well, you know, uh, what are you hoping, the Pope says. And then he kept dancing and diving away from that. Uh, Earnest said there will be, quoting here, no political agenda when the two men meet in the Oval Office on well, Wednesday. Well,
0: there's going to be, the, the Obama's going to love it because it seems to fit right in his wheelhouse of socialism.
1: Well, certainly, as I said, the 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 stories and the sort of the angles of this do seem to favor the Democrats in terms of what this pope believes and the things he might emphasize. But let's we'll see what he says, actually, on Thursday before the Congress. It will be the first time a pope has ever addressed the Congress in U.S. history.
0: Where do we stand now with the refugees? The last I read is the administration is paving the way for some 200,000 Syrian Iraqi refugees to come to America.
1: I had not seen that high of a figure. But, yes, uh, that's what's being talked about now. I don't know... Uh, probably because the way that the laws are set up the administration has the ability to do that without any action by the Congress I would bet uh, that the Secretary uh, of State has been given broad discretion on those grounds and the President has been by previous Congresses as well but I would certainly expect that we're gonna have hearings and probably hear some people raise uh, you know raise objections about too many people uh, you know uh, as as we've talked about the issues of whether or not uh, there be security concerns about some of these people coming in as well but so far it hasn't generated I mean for example this week here in the Congress, there's not been any great outcry as yet. I don't know if people are waiting to see the details before they you, talk. Do you know where the Pope is staying? Is he staying at the
0: White House? He's staying he
1: is at staying the staying Ritz? at the Papal Nuncio, which is uh, located right across the street from the Vice President's Mansion. For those of you who are familiar with Washington, D.C., uh, the Papal Nuncio is on Massachusetts Avenue in the northwest part of the city above Embassy Row, right across from the Naval Observatory where the VP stays. It's actually... It's a, I, I hope he doesn't get stuck having to sit with Joe Biden one night talking his ear off. Well, you know, they Maybe they have some bourbon or something like that. Uh, it's a it's a very big commuter road, and they're going to be closing it off along with a bunch of other roads, so it's becoming sort of a, a nightmare for traffic and for commuters here. Oh, Thursday
0: uh, and Friday in New York are going to be a mess. Exactly, same kind of
1: thing. So, in fact, they've told federal workers here in D.C. that if you want to telework from home today, Wednesday, and Thursday to uh, go ahead and do it, it might be a good yeah, dry run. To g- you
0: know what telework th- means? Go play golf. Telework means well, take I was about to say day it day might off. be a
1: good dry run for a uh, government shutdown if we get to that point next week.
0: Well, you and I both know a government shutdown shutdown never happens because they never shut it down because even if they did shut it down 75% of people still work it might be a good dry run for a partial government shutdown that could occur later next week what's the, the status as i understand it there's now a push by house republicans to stop and defund obama's executive action on immigration again and apparently we're, we expect to hear in the next 24 48 hours of leadership will go along with that i suspect they will cave well, I
1: would think you could put what probably the House could do is they could try to put a couple of those riders on a stopgap budget bill that would keep the government running after next Wednesday night. You could easily approve something like that added to a CR in the House, and then it will go to the Senate and not get 60 votes. That's just sort of the way things are at this point in time. We saw that again today on a bill related. So that means the Democrats would shut down the government. Uh, you, the Republicans will certainly argue that. Uh, I think that there's uh, the, the idea of going to a shutdown does not have broad Republican backing Here in the Congress, again, in interviews in the halls again today with Republican members, I just don't sense that other than that sort of smaller core group of more aggressive lawmakers, I just don't sense a lot of support among Republicans for going to a shutdown simply because they know they don't have 60 votes, they don't have 67, and they can't even get a bill down to the president's desk on any of this. So the bottom line is Republicans will cave as they always do. I don't know, as they always do, they well, went through a shutdown of uh, of two-plus weeks a few years ago, but again, I think it's a difference of tactics more than anything. Everybody agrees, I, I think, they, in the Republican Party. They say that all Party. the
0: time. The tactic is you either give in to Obama or you, you let him shut the government down, and they very rarely go for that option and stand on their principles.
1: Well, all I can tell you is, uh, in doing a bunch of interviews again today from some of the more veteran Republicans and even some yeah, of they're those- They're planning the on pin, caving, I know. Wait a second, and even some of those who are newer here, there's, there's just not broad support for a shutdown kind of drive by the gop
0: but i still think we're probably headed that way at least for a few days i can't wait maybe we'll save a few bucks and if they're not in washington we're better off
1: well they'll be here they won't be going home because
0: they won't go home if there's a shutdown everyone's going to get paid everybody's going to probably work non-essential employees that the 20 percent of them will not maybe not work a few days but at the end of the day i predict republicans will cave mark my words Well, I'm not sure it's caving, let alone they just don't have the votes to do what they want to do. But when push comes to shove, the Democrats will get what they want. Let me put it that way.
1: Well, they'll get what they want in a short-term continuing resolution, but
0: in the longer battle
1: over what to do in the budget and any riders and restrictions there, that's a whole different game. You've got to have some kind of negotiation in this situation. Even though the Republicans control both the House and Senate, you're going to have to have some kind of give and take. The GOP is not going to be able to call the shots and get exactly what they want. That's usually
0: the case. That's my point. Well, if show me
1: when they have 60 all right, votes. All I've got to run. We're going around in Dupree. a circle
0: here. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.